everybody, Chris here. I think I'm almost back up to full speed after being sick for about a week, uh, working on getting new recovery revelations and recover models at the recoveryrevolution.online. On since right now, we have a couple of months of terrific guests lined up, uh, including the one you're about to hear. Um, I think almost all of the pods on since right now.network have new episodes coming out and i've just launched the long overdue mailbag slash letters to the editor section on the recovery online, and you can find that on the front page and lastly i hate being the guy that has to apologize every other episode for the sound quality of his podcast but that's what i'm doing right now particularly apologize to dustin um after working hard to get his sound right somehow i fucked up on my end so we're recording straight through the computer um, and, uh, so what, <laughs> on a particularly active night, one of our dogs got out, my wife and daughter left to go f- find her. The other two dogs you hear ringing the bells in the background to get out, which yes, they all know how to do. And, um, and then you <laughs> hear them come home. My, my daughter knocks on the door and tells me they found her. And there's just uh, a lot of ambient, uh, excitement from my home in the background of Dustin's episode. So I apologize to Dustin. I apologize to you. All right. Uh, But I hope you can enjoy it. Thanks. The recovery revolution will be podcast on the since right now addiction recovery network. Welcome to the since right now addiction recovery podcast, the podcast of clean and sober. K-L-E-N and S-O-B-R and SinceRightNow.com with your hosts in recovery, Jeff, Matt, and Chris. Dustin John, who, um, uh, if, if you, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, I, I was just, uh, filling Jeff in on a couple of the stories of yours that I knew. And quite frankly, they're both harrowing. Yeah. Um, the, uh, you've shared, uh, one recently on the site, um, which I, I, we might want to jump in and, and talk right about. Dead stop. And then you have another story that I feel like I've read in a couple of different places um, about the biker and the bathroom. But um, if you don't mind, because it's so compelling, um, can, can we jump in and, and talk about dead stop and maybe just to, to set it up, you can give us just like a little bit of background about, um, you know, your, your, backstory and how you came to be in recovery. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, so, you know, just sort of, uh, you know, what, what, what was your sort of path to and through addiction? Um, you know, how, how did you come to be involved in the substances you were? Oh, let's see. I back when I was about twenty-one, 
let's see, I'm, I'm 36 right now. So when I, when I was in my early 20s, uh, I had I was married, um, had a place of my own, a job and all that. Um, things went pretty sour and we ended up getting a divorce. Uh, the divorce... And that had nothing uh, to do with using, it was just... Yeah, no. You got married too young. Yeah, too young. Um, Crazy kids. Right, right. Um, because of the divorce, uh, the majority of the things we had acquired, um, bills and, and vehicles and things like that, they, they were in my name. So once the divorce took place, um, I ended up having to go bankrupt because I, I just couldn't afford it on my own. So, uh, at that time I, I felt like I was okay. Like, um, to, to other people, um, I, I made it seem like I was calm, you know, like, like it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. And I don't think I knew at the time, uh, how see how would I put it how significant that was because you're just too young to get it yeah you know I, I I felt like I was doing life right you know and then all of a sudden my life was flipped upside down yeah and it just kind of went from there yeah um, I'd, I'd have friends come over now I had a bachelor pad you know so yeah different friends would come over at all times of the night and bring whatever they had, right. pills or sometimes cocaine, and yeah. uh, it, just, it just got progressively worse. So you just sort of escalated from there. Were you, were you a heavy drinker at all, or did it just kind of like after the divorce, this can't really process it, young kid, and you just start numbing yourself, and all of a sudden, like, boom. Or were you using the whole time? Were you, no, were you, um, while I was married, um, I had smoked pot a few times. Okay. Um, I kind of looked at it as as just like a weekend, yeah, fun time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so you weren't growing up as a teenager using this. This is something you. This is a habit you developed in adulthood. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I've never been much of a drinker. Um, okay. Alcohol seems to. I don't know. Some people, uh, some alcoholics will say, "Oh, well, I, you know, I have a an allergy to alcohol." You know what I mean? And so I wonder if if I really do. Oh, interesting. <laughs> like, drink. like an actual allergy, yeah. It, right. It just not makes your, me sick. Yeah, not your thing. No, not not my thing too much. Right. Um, so your friends are coming over, plying you with pills. Good friends. You just got divorced. They need you to get you through it. So they're bringing over some drugs. Right. Right. And uh, it it just it just got worse and worse. Um, I, I, family members at this point had kind of, I think they were worried for me. You know, I remember my brother coming over and saying, you know, you ought to come move in with me and have family around. You know, while you're going through this. And eventually, I made that move over to my brother's house, and uh, things got better for a little while, and then. Uh, the addiction just kind of took hold, and yeah. it 
after that, it just, it was all downhill. Do you remember the first time you used heroin or what, did you go like Coke heroin that you don't really remember using or? Um, I do remember the first time I used heroin. Um, I, I had smoked it. I, I had this acquaintance that um, I would get like Oxycontins from and, and different kinds of pain pills. And uh, I remember him smoking it. And, and, and I asked him, I'm like, what are you doing? Because I didn't know what it was, you know? Yeah. And I, 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 I thought I might know what it was, but I wasn't sure. And, and then, so that's kind of how, how the heroin started. Gotcha. So then I started started doing that and I slowly erased any uh, moral moral lines I had drawn previously and eventually I was shooting up and, and yeah. homeless and just worse from there, you know? Yeah. The more we do this, I, I always tend to ask if there's any sort of genetic component. There's a history of, of addiction in the family. Um, and the more I was just thinking, it's like, I think the reality is like, it seems like everybody has a history of addiction yeah. in the family, right? right. Um, and, uh, you know, that, cause I, I don't know that anybody, um, I think sometimes we are taken by surprise by it, but, um, you know, in retrospect, certainly it's like, it's not a surprise. So with that in mind, looking back, is, is there an indication that it was yeah in the family yeah I would say yes um knowing what I do of my my father's story um be, before I was old enough to even talk um he was he was a a pretty heavy drinker okay. um he He'd go bowling every night and and get plastered, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't remember any of this. Obviously, I was I was too little. Mm -hmm. um, he he chewed tobacco, pretty much all. I mean, I remember my dad chewing my whole childhood. Mm -hmm. um, so he had quit smoking and drinking, then he started chewing, chewing tobacco. Um, the last about five to seven years of his life, he did quit everything, but, um, and my brother there, I mean, there's some, there's some tendencies with tobacco mm -hmm. and, and the, the, the way I look at addiction, um, I don't think it pertains to anything specific, right? I, I, I believe that addiction like you're saying that almost everybody has uh, not the opportunity, but, um, you know, people get addicted to food. People get addicted to the internet, iPhones, uh, sex, yeah. gambling, you know, all these different things. So <clears throat> I, I think there is a genetic component, but I tend to side a little bit with genetics and, uh, environment. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I tend to believe the environment triggers these genes mm -hmm. off and on, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Um, so. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I don't know if that answered your question. No, it did. I, I think I was just curious. I, 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 you know, as I was asking at this time, I was realizing, like, I wonder if it's actually as relevant a question as I, as I thought it is, just because it, it seems that, you know, we all have that in our, our, our genes somewhere. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's, it's, in the context of your story, what was interesting to me is, is you in some sense came to it relatively late. I mean, it sounds like by, by what you were saying, you had your, your life together, you know, in, in the sort of, in a very traditional sense, you had a job, you had a wife, you had a home. Um, then the bitch left you. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right, you guys can. Uh, I'm just, I'm saying, maybe that happened. Could be. Um, but uh, <laughs> so before that, had there been any indication, or was it genuinely sort of that was the beginning, or was there any indication personally for you that that it could, things could go that, that way? Other than I, your father's, you know, use. I I hate to claim ignorance on this but i i just don't i don't think i knew i don't yeah i mean i i remember one point in my life when i was younger i saw my brother chewing tobacco and i seen him open the car door and spit right Mm. and and i knew right then from watching my dad that he was chewing and i was so upset at my brother I mean, growing up, he was like my hero. Right? Sure. Like I wanted to be like him. He was my older brother, um, and and I was so disappointed. But uh, yeah, I just I don't think I knew because I remember when I first realized that I was actually physically addicted mm-hmm. to oxycotton. Like I remember sitting there crying because previously, I mean, nobody ever told me that being addicted to opiates was going to make you shit your pants. It was going to make your body hurt. It was going to make you dry heave, sweat. Like I didn't know there was this physical component to it. Right. So when I first realized this, I mean, I was just terrified. And by that point it was too late. Wow. So So you had no concept of what this addiction, you know, I think a lot of people who get hooked on heroin at some point kind of know what they're in for. In some sense, it sounds like you had didn't really know what what this was going to happen when you started using. Yeah, when I when I first started with the pain pills, I I had no idea. Once once I switched to heroin, yeah, I, I knew enough to know that you know what, I'm going to get on this train and I'm going to ride it until it crashes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But but the oxycontin led to the heroin. Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately, is the heroin. Uh, cheaper? Is that why everyone just ends up there because it's just easier to get and more available? Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it, it has a little bit different effect, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, for the most part, it's just availability and, and financial issues, you know? Sure. I mean. At your height, how much are you spending a day, you think? Um, with oxies, uh, I'd say two to three hundred dollars a day. Yeah. Um, heroin just with heroin, 
however much money you have that day, that's how much you're getting. Right. That's your budget. Right. Right. It's like, well, I'll save some of this till tomorrow. Uh, no, you won't. You know? Yeah. Do it all. So. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, that's crazy. All right. So, uh, I, uh, okay. So you, you mentioned that it, it, it the, the end of the relationship, the pressures of the bills and the, the maintaining what you had acquired in that relationship came too much. You declared bankruptcy and then just sort of, my guess is what sunk into sort of a depression. And that's when the friends sort of came over and thought they were helping and introduced you to all this. And then it devolved to the point where you're homeless. Right. Um, and, uh, do you sell everything? Oh yeah. 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 And a couple of times over. Yeah. You get, you get things out of the pawn shop and then you go do it again. And yeah. And did your father, did he get sober after he got sober before he got sober while you were using yeah, my my father, as far as uh, drinking, right. he, he was never into drugs. He right. never did drugs that I know of. Yeah. Um, but he he quit drinking before I was old enough to even talk. Oh, oh, he quit before you were old enough to talk. Oh, okay, right. Oh, so what you know about his history drinking is all before your memory of it. Yes. So is it by? So is it through his? Telling that you you have that history. Yes. Oh, that's okay. That's fascinating. Um, and I know. Um, I mean, you and he co-wrote um, co-wrote the book, a walk in his shoes. Yeah, a walk in his shoes. Um, and the the idea for that came from. How did that come about? What was the, the the genesis of that? How did you decide to write about all this, you know, the addiction and, and the recovery? And, I mean, there are some harrowing stories, which I'm going to get to, because there are some things that I need, that i got to ask. But how did you guys decide to write this together? Um, I think it it started because of the baffling nature of addiction. I mean... You know, when well, there were times where I felt I was being completely honest with myself, mm -hmm. saying, I am never going to do this again. Why do I keep doing this? Why yeah. do I keep destroying everything around me? Yeah. And then, boom, the next day I'd do it, you know, mm -hmm. and, and just wreak havoc. And doing this hundreds of times... And, and taking my family with me, you know, through all this, um, it we just started thinking, you know what, we're learning a lot through this process. Um, we're learning what not to do. We're learning what to do. And, and, and I knew the manipulations, you know what I mean? The, the, the things that, as a person who wanted his drugs, I, I knew kind of the... I guess just the the crazy things that I would go through to mm -hmm. 
to try and get my way with yeah. people. You know what and I mean? So your father was with you on this? I mean, he was kind of at your side or watched you do all this? He sort of knew what was going on, I take it. Like you were you were telling him a bunch of shit that you were going to get sober or not use anyone and then you got into it and you just had to sit by and watch this? Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was kind of off and on. Um, you know, when, some of the times when I was homeless, whether whether I was in a few towns away from where my family's from yeah. or wherever it was, you know, when it was usually in the wintertime when it was cold. It's really cold outside. And yeah. I didn't want to be outside anymore, you know, and I'd say, okay, I'm going to try and get sober again because it sucks. Yeah. So then I'd come back and, and run the whole the game. I'm going to get sober. Right, right. Yeah. But you pr- probably believed it. So you, you say that hundreds of times. You said, right. I'm never going to do this again. Right. And then the next day you'd be doing it. And I remember going through that. Like, I remember telling myself, I don't want to drink today. And I'd say, as I'm walking into a liquor store, I'd be screaming in my head. Mm-hmm. But that's so crazy, right? Like, and you were probably genuinely sincere when you said I'm not doing this again, right? Exactly, exactly. And and that's that's kind of what what prompted the book, you know, because it was just so. I guess so much of it is misunderstood when you first go through it, you know. Yeah. And and yeah, it's it's. it's so so the, did you did you tell your father, Dad, this? I feel like I'm going crazy. Let, we need to record this or tell this story. Did your father say we need to do this? Or how did how, how the idea to actually record this madness come about? Um, I I got the idea. I said, you know what? We, we need to write a book. Um, when it very first started out, um, it wasn't going to be both of us. Okay. The, the way we did it. It was completely different. And... And just as more time went by, um, it just kind of grew into what it did. So you started out by being the single author, and then he ended up helping, or what was the process? Yes, but the single author part that you're talking about was mm-hmm. completely scrapped in mm-hmm. a way. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was, I guess it was a good way to get my hand warmed up, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so th- that part of it. None of it was really used. So um, once we we got a good foundation, like you know what this this is how we're gonna do it. Let's go from here. So would you would you tell the story and he would write the story, or would you like how how did it work? The the way we did it was extremely complicated. And <laughs> we couldn't have chose a harder way to do this book. I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> Leave it to a bunch of addicts. That's right. Okay, I I would get an idea. Okay, I'd say okay. We knew we knew that chapter one you wanted a gripping a gripping story, right? An Something opener to start, right? An yeah. opener. Yeah. Was that the tow truck story? No, that was the guy in the bathroom. Okay. My guess is chapter one, two, three, four, five, and all the way through are all gripping stories. But go ahead. Well, I, you know, I, I'd say, okay, well, what I'll do, I'll, I'm going to write about this, and and I give him some bullet points of what's going to be in my first chapter. Yeah. So I'm at my house writing that, yeah. typing away. Yeah. He's got the bullet points of what mine's going to sort of be about. Yeah. So then he goes off these bullet points and and. 
and then once we've both completed a chapter, then we get together, look over it, and see where we screwed up, and then we try and make it mesh better, and we keep doing it until you get uh, until it's nice and tight. You know? oh, wow. Well, so that's a process. And that's cool. Though, you know, you're kind of editing yeah. and tightening up and making yeah every word count. And I have to say, as an experience to have with your father, I have to imagine it was incredibly awesome. rewarding. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I mean, still even today, I, I keep rereading the book, and and I notice that every time I read it, I learn something new about my dad. Yeah. Wow. That, that you know. It, now that he passed away, I mean, I, I have so many questions for him, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, sometimes I can just turn to the book and read it, and, and you know, a lot, of, a lot of times those questions can get answered, you know, sure. just by uh, some of his words. So. That's amazing. And were you, were you sober the whole time you were writing this book, or were you still using it? Well, the, the process took almost seven years for us to write it because yeah. of relapsing. Um, all of it was written while sober, but mm -hmm. in between pages, exactly. I guess, yeah. um, there, there was relapses. So, Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Just as a side note, um, uh, Jeremy, a guy who's, who's shared a couple of songs uh, on the site, talks about um, how he's rewrote them while still active but he would only write when he was sober um like he lived them or did he wrote them songs well he would he writes songs he the melody and said why was that using that he only write no i'm just saying he, he would only write when he was sober which i think yeah. is pretty fascinating yeah. as we you know because we talk a lot about yeah how you know drugs fuel or don't the creative process and, and here you are talking about in the midst of a relapse you actually do the work while you're sober yeah um so i do want to talk about recovery, obviously that's what you know. That's that's ultimately what we're here for, um, is to to share that <laughs> the the hope part. But you know, um, the story um, <laughs> dead stop. I think is that your title, or, or is that what we called it on the the blog? Um, uh, you you guys. I called it dead stop. Okay, well, um, it's uh, that's from the book. And it's got a cliffhanger, and I get that you're trying to sell a book, but that somebody dies in that story, right? In the story, yes. Um, <laughs> this is tough because, like you said, it it, it is written as a cliffhanger and, okay. and to not give away too much. Time. I'm sorry. Okay, so that's the cliffhanger. Alert. No, it's okay. There, okay. there is some hyperbole, I guess you could say. Yes. Um, the, the story did happen. Yeah. Um, uh, how do I say this without without giving away the... Well, here, let me, let me see if I can help you. So you essentially... You'd... You nodded off. You passed out while you were driving 70 miles down the freeway mm -hmm. to score. Right. Uh, with your using girlfriend at the time? Yes. Yeah. Um, and you did get in an accident. Uh huh. And you did talk your way out of getting arrested at the, during the accident and, and into a tow truck? Right. Okay. Um, and the, the, and the, 
tow truck driver knew you were the cause of the accident? No. He didn't. Okay. No. Okay. Um, so, regardless, the reality of, but you were the cause of a multi-car accident on the freeway? Yeah, I, okay. I think I think I, I mean I pinballed. You know what right. I mean? There, yeah. the, the the traffic was stopped because yeah. of construction. I fell asleep and just ran into started ping ponging back and forth off the of cars and Fuck. spinning around. And uh, the, I think there was like seven other cars that that were hit, yeah. and my insurance had just lapsed on my car. So oh my God. It, it was a, it was a nightmare. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you almost the, the craziest part of the story to me was that somehow you talked your way out of getting arrested. Yeah. Um, right. But so, okay. Yeah, well, not, get, not even getting in an ambulance. I'm like, what the hell happened? And in the interest of not, not making a giveaway any spoilers, I will say you, you can read it on the site, um, Dead Stop, on uh, the recoveryrevolution.com or dot online, pardon me. Um, but here's the thing so that story. And then there's another story that I think is on your site that I read. Um, and yours is Dusty. Help me out, Dustin. Uh, jdusty45.wordpress.com. Okay. jdusty45 at word.wordpress.com. Um, and it's, I don't, I, don't, I don't know the title, but um, it involves a biker asking you to score. It's the opening chapter. Is it, it's the opening, right? It's the opening chapter of the book. Yeah, um, and it's also on your site, though, right? So I'm not giving anything away. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you, you say, yeah, I know where to score. At this point, I'm guessing you're homeless, right? Yes. And you hop on the bike and you go score him some coke, you some heroin. Uh huh. And you go to a gas station bathroom, and you guys go to your respective stalls and start doing your respective scores and. Um, he asks to try yours, and that doesn't go so well for him. Right. Um, okay, so and I guess the, the, here's, what, here's what it all comes down to. The reason I want to recap those two stories, one, they're both incredibly harrowing from my perspective. And that, Granted, I have a lot of distance on my active addictions, but either way, they're, they're harrowing. Those are the kind of things that when somebody looks at those, you're like, It feels like you know. It feels like to none of us are have common sense when we're in our active addictions. But you read those two stories and you're like, "That's the end. Those are bottoms, right?" Yeah. Um, right. But but they weren't. I'm assuming um, that they're they're sort of multiple bottoms, right? Yeah, yeah. I uh, as far as my bottom goes, I think my bottom was prison for life or or dead. I mean, those. I. I that was, <laughs> Excuse me. You know, I. But so, so what, what was it, though? I mean, you, you, yeah. you didn't go to prison for life, and you're not dead. Yeah. Um, what happened? What was, the, what was the moment? Spoiler alert, Dustin's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> he was a ghost the whole time. Um, you know, I think, it, I think it's just that. I, I understood that those were my last two options. Right. You know, I could see... I could see see far enough ahead that I knew that for me to continue I'm either gonna go to prison mm-hmm. or I'm gonna or I'm gonna die no. I mean just seeing the, the the chaos keep getting worse and worse I knew 
that I had to, I had to change. So I was, had to change who I was. Right. And had you did you tried sobriety and kept relapsing? I mean, I got into recovery, got into treatment centers, or like how what was your what was your getting sober story? Is that a real quick cricket or an alarm? Yeah. Sorry, that that's all right. Attack of the um, crickets. That was a big cricket. Yeah. <laughs> to answer that question, um, yeah, I did. Um, I I went through recovery many different times. Gotcha. I I had this process done at one point. I don't I don't know how popular it is anymore, but. Uh, I did rapid detox where they they put you under and uh, they force you into withdrawals. They give you uh, Narcan mm. and it just <clears throat> supposedly it puts you forward. It's a real expensive. Uh, Holy cow! So rapid, it's called rapid detox. They knock you out. So you yeah. don't even know you're doing it. Yeah, you have no idea. Um, and do you wake up and feel like you've been through detox? You feel better? No, I didn't. <laughs> I felt like complete shit. Like, I, I was like, that was a mistake. Why did we do that? Yeah, yeah. But, but I, I made it ninety days after that, which is pretty. I don't know. I hate to say pathetic, but considering the cost and and the amount of yeah, um, that cost didn't come out of my pocket. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, um not a very not a very good try yeah um and when when i did 13 months in jail and got out as soon as i got out i went straight to a six month inpatient uh treatment facility hmm. the salvation army i don't yeah. want to say that but whatever yeah, yeah. yeah. and um i did really well after that for about two and a half years um, Can I have a question okay. about your about your thirteen months inside? Did did you were you doing anything while you were in jail? Yeah, yeah, I did everything I could. Okay. <laughs> um, because right. I knew once 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 they caught me, I was going to be in there for a while. So once I got that mindset and got through the withdrawal period, um, I was gung ho. I mean, I was going to every AA, every NA, every twelve step. Um, I went through a, it won't make sense, it, it's called the CATS program mm -hmm. in the jail that's here. It's a, uh, is it a six month or a 90 day? I can't remember, but um, the entire jail cell, the, the entire pod mm -hmm. is is a program. Mm -hmm. And 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 they have like steering committees and, and all this crazy wow. stuff. And <clears throat> so I, I ended up going through that and it, it I done it just on my own. Just I, I knew that I had to change something. Yeah, you know what I mean, things, yeah, things were, were not going well. For hey, is this your sobriety date coming out of prison and going to, the six month salvation army? Is that the date that you have right now? No. Okay. No, I I I had a a brief, uh, pain pill relapse for a few weeks. Gotcha. And so that kind of reset. Yeah, yeah. And so, so as far as like doing heroin, um, it's been it's been many years since I've done heroin. But did have that uh, 
couple weeks slip up on yeah. the pills. Yeah. So that's what you count as your day. What, what, how long is that? Or how long do you have? Uh, just over four years. Okay. And are those, uh, and so that, is, is there a program? Do you, are, are you uh, AANA? Am I allowed to say that? I always yes, forget. Yes, okay. of course. Um, 12 step recovery. Are you 12 step, right? And yeah, you can talk about it. Um, I. I guess I, I don't discriminate really against any of them. Like yeah. I, I, I know the AA works. I know that NA works. Um, I do go to meetings. I, I don't, I don't use AA as, as my primary, uh, sobriety, uh, structure, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, like I said, I do go to meetings. Um, I do intensive therapy okay uh, just uh, uh, cbt like talk therapy mm -hmm. um <clears throat> and what's that like it, that's cognitive behavior therapy mm -hmm. right 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 and and what is what's that because we've had people on that have talked about that is that yeah just what is that all about well f for me it's about knowing who i am mm -hmm. gotcha you know, know thyself, you know, right. to me that that's so important. Um, <clears throat> I think it was, uh, was it Socrates, I think, that, that said uh, the unexamined life is is not worth it. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I, get a, I get a lot of uh, utility out of that, you know, just to, to unravel like me as a person and and what what oh, this is hard to explain uh like say say me as a child i mean how how was i how was i raised right. you know what what made me um react or respond the way I do to certain things, mm -hmm. you know, and, and just unpeeling things like that. Um, this, this ain't making any sense. No, no, it, it does. I think we all sort of develop habits. You know, you just sort of become this person because it's stuff you start doing when you're a child or a teenager, whatever formative years and your reactions and habitual behaviors. And you don't even know why you are like you are. Right. Right. Until you start to go back and look at it. is that and so is that kind of what CBT helps you do is sort of figure that bit out, right? Right, exactly. And, and too, um, I, I like to analyze my dreams. I know mm. this sounds kind of crazy, mm. but um, I, I think our subconscious mind knows a lot more than we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if if, yeah. if you could if you could separate the two, sure. right? Yeah. Um, like I had this crazy wild dream and I, I wrote a blog about it, but it, it was just so profound to me, the connections of, 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 because in your dream, I mean, your mind is, is, is creating whatever it wants. I mean, it could choose anything it wants and it chooses what it wants because that's what it wants mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. tell you. Right. Mm -hmm. so, <clears throat> I don't know. It, it was, it just, it really opened my eyes to, to some pretty intense things. And it, it was all related to, 
to some of the things that I'm going through in therapy right now. So um, I found it helpful. I, I know it sounds kind of woo, but no, 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 no. I mean, I think anything that helps us, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, know ourselves. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it's all it's all good. I mean, there there, there can't be any. Um, issue taken with yeah. that. Well, it, yeah, it's funny, it's funny because, you know, everyone's on this journey and I think at some point with the amount of relapses you had and the amount of times you went in and out, something's got to change, right? I mean, you literally have to radically change who you are and there's a lot of, once you quit using and get past, you know, get a few little time under your belt, it's the subtle thinking, it's, you know, it's all the shit that goes into that. You're still kind of an addict, right? You're still thinking right. like an addict mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, and you got to clean all that shit up, right? Right. <laughs> um, so, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask you, so how long has the book itself been out? Like, when did you finish it, and how long has it been out? Um, its release date was December 3rd. Okay. Of- 2015. Okay. So it's been a few months. Yeah. And did you have uh, read memoirs in this genre to sort of get the idea what this could be? Or did you just sort of wing this thing and had you been a writer? Or is this just like, this is just the product of sheer grit and determination? A little of all of that, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've I've read quite a few memoirs. Yeah. You know, I had a lot of time in jail. (laughs) That's what they do. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) But, yeah, I I, I do – I should give credit to our editor, too, because um, she she was able to really help with this process. Yeah. She – her understanding of the English language is just amazing. So – but yeah, I mean, a, a little of all that—the determination of—it it almost didn't come out because my dad died right before it was finished, you know. So yeah. it was—I felt this feeling of just despair, almost. Yeah. Like, yeah. All this work, and and I can't do this myself, you know. I started saying things like that. Yeah. Um, so there's still there still was an ending to happen. He passed away. And, you still, and then you had to finish the book off? Yeah. It, it, the writing part of it was was completed, but it it, it was right at the end of the, the very final manuscript. Gotcha. You know? So none of the, the, I guess, introduction pages had even been thought out. Um, and when did your father uh, die from, if you don't mind me asking? He, I don't even know how to pronounce it. I think it's amyloidosis. Have gotcha. you heard of that? Uh-uh. <laughs> it's, it's treated like a cancer, but they say it's not a cancer. Um, it's it's when your body doesn't. Per, let's see, you have protein chains in your body, and, mm-hmm. and somehow his body wasn't using these properly, and it started depositing them throughout his body and it shut his kidneys down and within about a year and a half it killed him oh man i'm sorry thanks yeah he went so it's kind of chemo and yeah he just wasn't able to pull out of it so how old was he 59 wow so that's young yeah yeah so yeah the profoundness of doing this project together I, i mean 
for what, how, you know, how it all turned out. It was like, oh my God, what a gift to be able to work with your father on this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely glad we did. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I've learned so much about him just from this book, you know. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times you, you, you can you can read a lot between the lines too, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And so, during this process, you're you're married. Right now. Yeah. Yeah, right now. Yeah. Right, now. <laughs> right at this moment. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, and and your current your wife. Still here. Oh well, <laughs> your wife, your wife was uh, was with you throughout this process. Um, sorry, I guess I don't understand the question. What, what, what has your, you've been married to your wife throughout the process of writing the book? For the majority of it, yeah. So she knew you as a using drug addict? Um, no. Oh, okay. Um, she, she, she witnessed, um, the brief slip that I'm talking right. about. Okay. But other than that. Um, no, I mean, I've, I've been a outstanding citizen. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, so you guys met when you were sober? Yes. Gotcha. Um, and is it, is she in recovery, just normie? No, she, but, she's just a normal. Awesome. She, um, she's actually from Finland, so. Oh. She, does that, does that have any bearing on being normal? Is, are they? She's Finnish, that's cool. Oh, I just didn't know if, if that if, that, if they have. Uh, She's tall, I bet. She's tall. I don't. It, sort of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, Tallish. So. Um, that's funny. Well, that's fascinating. So, the, the just to back up for one second. So, the, the ultimately the bottom wasn't. Uh, it wasn't itself like the hard bottom. It was. It was an accumulation of multiple sort of just rough episodes that that led you to a, a moment of clarity it sounds like yeah i think i think so and then the ultimate the, the final recovery other, other than the the what you what we said the two-week relapse but but the the final recovery how, how did you go about that did you go into rehab that time or did you just you you, you do it Hello. Yeah. What? What? I, I just. I. I wasn't sure what. What happened that final time? Do Do you mean after the brief slip or no? B- before that, like. Well, before that, I was. I had done the six month inpatient treatment. Got it. Okay. Okay. So, it was kind of an off and on treatment yeah. after that. Like I go to meetings and. Um, <clears throat> When when I slipped, I I quit doing anything that had to do with recovery. Oh, yeah. So so I just slowly kind of fell back. You know what I mean? Yeah, that happens. So yeah, I think the Salvation Army does tremendous work. We have a Salvation at ARC, is what they call it, the Rehab Center, and a lot of the guys at my meeting have, or over the years have gone through that. What what is that experience like? Were you Christian at all? I mean, I it's got it's like the last stop on anybody's journey. I think when you end up in the Salvation Army, you've got <laughs> you've pretty much gone through all the paid treatments, right? 
Right. You've right. spent all your money. You sold everything. There's really nowhere else for you to turn, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's where the um, bottom of know, the barrel ended up. It, it was. It was an amazing experience. Was it? Um, yeah. It. We. I, I got to do so many things that I would I would never just go out and do. Yeah. Um, like, I'm not. I don't. I don't think I'd ever go to a symphony. Right. Necessarily, and I got to go to two. Um, you know, I got to to go to this collapsed mine that these these miners got trapped in, and we got to go up there and help with that. And wow. Just these amazing, you know, and amazing people too. You yeah. Know? Um. I'm still extremely close friends with the guy that I met in in that rehab. Wow! Um, and and, I and think was it one where you guys drove trucks and picked up clothes and, and stocked the stores? I mean, that's what the main jobs were. Yeah, they they did kind of put us in different areas. Some of the guys were working in the kitchen. You know, it was, yeah. it was like working a regular job, except yeah. they weren't paying you. you know? Right. <laughs> They're paying you. Go recovery. through these huge boxes of shoes and find the mates to them. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's great though, right? And did you, you you said you're an, an atheist, and I think Chris said that beforehand. But that's a really Christian-run organization, right? And did any of that strike you as like I can get into this spirituality thing, or or no? Well, I. I've never had a huge problem with with that. I, I will say that when I was in that program, I wasn't an atheist. I wasn't. I was just kind of surviving. Yeah, like you know, wh- whatever you want me to do, I'll do. If yeah. I need to desperation, God, that's what I'll do. Because mm. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Uh, and what's it, what's your program? I mean, do you have a higher power today or no? Not today. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, oh, I do. I, oh. I I would just consider it my unconscious mind, though. I mean, yeah. I I don't have any like tangible control over it, you know. I so I I, I do. I kind of use my unconscious as as my higher power. Gotcha. That is interesting. Uh, someone said tonight that yeah, as long as it's they don't know what their higher power is, as long as it's not them, hmm. they're cool. Right. <laughs> that works. I like the idea of the, the unconscious mind. Somebody yeah. told me uh, that um, I think my uh, on Twitter I forget how it went down, but somehow my sense of humor was my higher power, and I'm like, sure I can live with that. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> um, but uh, well, hey, Dustin. Um, I'm uh, I'm glad we finally got you on. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. I I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to read the book for sure because yeah. it just sounds. Is is the book mostly stories of using, and then there's stories of recovery, or is it? Well, what's the breakdown of the book? If, if you're trying to tell a reader, like, here's what you're gonna get. I I would say so. Um, a lot of destruction. Ho- hopefully through the through the the hardcore story part of it. Mm-hmm. I, I hope that it was written in a way that people can not only get value out of that, but, but see what not to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. to, to see that, that there is pathways through this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I would say, uh, it's a bunch of destruction. Um, 
the two stories I know from it are harrowing. I will attest to yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. um, a, a lot of harrowing stories, but but hope. And then right. you get to recover. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. It's got a happy ending. Just you know, let me know that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, for anybody looking, uh, you know, Dustin has a couple of pieces up on the site. I think uh, the most recent Dead Stop has a link to how to, how to you know, Find the book by way of Justin's link, Dustin's links, um, and then I also put it on the uh, Renegades books page. Uh, I just added it um, this evening, so there's a direct link to the Amazon um, there. Um, I try to keep the books of the the authors that we have on there. So, um, well, Dustin, thanks for yeah. Congratulations on writing a book. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, guys. And surviving heroin addiction. <laughs> surviving, yeah. And still standing, baby. All right, man. Well, I uh, hope uh, you enjoyed that as much as we did having you on. And uh, yeah, I'll um, I'll have that up tomorrow, usually by noon. The episode, okay. and I'll, I'll let you know where to to look. And uh, cool. Thanks, Dustin. Is, is there anything right. we missed? Thanks, it, it, is, did you? Is there anything you did yeah, you get one, everything? Yeah, wanted to say. I I think so. I'm sure I'll remember after we hang. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, just, just that I I appreciate it and and. Like I said, I've, li- I've listened to you guys, all your podcasts, and, and it's great. You know, I listen to them at work, and it just makes work fly by, and it's great to hear you guys. Um, you guys do a lot of great work, so I do appreciate it. Right. Well, we appreciate what you're doing, too, man. So, all right. All right, dude. Uh, have a good evening, and uh, see you soon, too. All right. See you later. Bye. Another clean and sober intervention.